I want to talk to you about the business of being a racist, hater, Islamophobe, because in getting ready to attend a talk, that's what the opponents of me are saying. They quote the Southern Poverty Law Center that I'm one of the chief leading anti-Muslim speakers in the nation, which is odd because you see, I don't really talk about Muslims. Well, I talk about Muhammad, but I don't talk about Muslims. I don't bash them or do anything else, and yet I'm called anti-Muslim. No, I'm an opponent of political Islam. They also say that my presentation is slanted. Well, hello, all writing and all speaking has a certain slant or bias to it in that it reflects our own personal. But I'm clear about my slant. My slant is I'm Kafir-centric. When Muhammad cut the heads of 800 Jews off in Medina, there's three views of this. The Muslim view is, is it was a day of greatness for Islam. The Kafir view is this was an act of evil. And the apologist view is, well, that was then and this is now. So the people who attack me are generally apologists. And yes, mine is slanted. I admit that. Now, one of the things they drag out about me is that I was an opponent of the Murfreesboro Mosque, which is odd to me since I was not an opponent. So they never offer any evidence for that, but they don't offer any evidence for anything else either. Now then, what they've done in this case is, is they've pressured different officials to say, this man should never be allowed to speak. And by the way, this is something that's happened to me many times. I won a civil rights lawsuit where there was suppression of speech idea in Knoxville, Tennessee, because they canceled the room after the contract was signed. So I've been thrown out of better places than the one I'm going to get ready to speak in, but nevertheless, the thing is, do not give this man a room to speak. He shouldn't be allowed to talk anywhere. Now, it's said that I'm a bigot and a hater about Muslims. This was done by, I presume, a left-wing civil rights organization called Movement to End Racism, which I've got nothing wrong with ending racism. It's just that I don't see myself as a bigot when all I do is to quote the facts about Islam. Now, they also say that I'm playing on people's paranoia by saying that Sharia is wanted by Muslims. Let's talk a little bit about this. If you are a Muslim and you do not want the Sharia, then you're not fully a Muslim. Why is this? Because the Sharia is a codification of the Quran and the Sunnah of Muhammad. So if you reject the Sharia, you're rejecting the Sunnah of Muhammad and the Quran. Therefore, it is incumbent upon all real Muslims to welcome the Sharia. And don't accuse me of being paranoid or trying to stir up paranoia when I say the Sharia is part of Islam. They also say that I spread the message that Muslims are inherently violent or extremist and that they kill Christians. No, I don't. All I do is to talk about the doctrine of the Kafir and its relationship to the Islam. So I do not say that Muslims are inherently violent because I don't speak about Muslims, now, except for Muhammad. And let's work Muhammad into this thing about Muslims killing Christians. Muhammad practiced jihad against the pagans, the polytheists, the Jews, and the Christians. That is, he was in charge of the death, pagans, polytheists, Jews, and Christians. Put another way, he was a Christian killer. You see, the last jihad he did was against the Christians. So I don't say that Muslims want to kill Christians. I just say that the Sunnah of Muhammad includes killing Christians, and this is just simply an absolute fact. Why am I a bigot? Because I bring up facts. And then, of course, we have the inevitable clergyman who weighs in, who says that I don't appreciate the vibrancy of Muslim culture. No, I don't. I don't care anything about the vibrancy of Muslim culture anymore. I care about the vibrancy of Haitian culture. I'm interested in how Islam treats me, the political aspects. 
but I notice that this clergyman has time to stand up for Islam. I wonder if he stands up for the persecuted Christians. I wonder if he ever says, why don't we bring persecuted Christian refugees to America instead of Muslims, or at least include them along with it. My experience of clergy dealing with Islam is centered here in Nashville, Tennessee. And let me assure you that 95% of the clergy in Nashville, Tennessee are silent on the issue of the suffering of Christians. So this gentleman who's a clergyman and who sees himself as virtuous is no different from any of the others. The thing that was new about this, let's keep Warner from speaking, was a community college president weighed in to say two things. One, that I'm unstable. And I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder if he can show the evidence for the events in which I am unstable. But, of course, he's just trying to smear me. But it is a new name. I've been called all the others. Here's the tragedy. A president of a college would say that new ideas or different ideas should be suppressed, censored, and denied. I have a problem with this. You see, universities are best built upon critical thought, not suppression of thought. Let me give you an example of how whacked out this is getting. In Nashville, there's a university called Vanderbilt. And a professor there made some comment about something. She said, this is politically incorrect, but this is how I feel. Horrors. People were offended in her class. The university said that they would fire the professor, except they had tenure. And then when they had to say, well, we've established a counseling hotline for those who've been traumatized. Traumatized by a new idea? What is wrong with us? You mean? I'm not supposed to hear any ideas that, I, that offend me? Well, actually, I do on a daily basis, but I don't seem to be part of a set of people who can protest being offended. Universities should not be in the business of suppressing thought in order to avoid aggravation or irritation at the idea. We should have all points of view voiced. Let debate, let critical thought work out the truth. We do not need declaration by college and university presidents as to what ideas are acceptable and not acceptable. Goodness gracious, we're going down the sluice here. No good happens with suppression of free speech, and yet we have here a, a president of a college saying, Warner should never be allowed to speak. He's a disgrace. Well, actually what he said was, he's unstable. Maybe I am, I don't know. Thanks.